0: Hey, how's it going? This is Braden of the Noble Sports Guys podcast. Today, I am privileged to have with me Allie of the Arizona Outcast.
1: Uh, hey, Brayden, happy to be here. I'm happy know. you
0: decided to join me. And your team has been killing it. I've been kind of following your team. <laughs> I, I think they follow me on Instagram, so I appreciate that, and they've yeah. talked to me a little bit. So I think it's really awesome that you're willing to take a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to share your passion and kind of give me a little bit of your two cents.
1: Of course. And we're happy that you follow us and are engaged in the WFA and following women's football. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. So I'm actually studying marketing in school and I wanted to get into sports marketing since I was a little kid. I've, I'm obsessed with sports and being a girl dad kind of really brought me down to earth a little bit more so than not that you guys are stellar athletes and sometimes even better than the guys and you have <laughs> little to no support. And I think it's ridiculous. So my daughter has been kind of an eye opener for me. And my wife's like, why don't you, instead of pursuing a male sports team, why don't you pursue marketing and women's sports? I'm like, we'll have to see if Well, I have a, about a year left of school. So we'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a great idea. And it's interesting if you look at a lot of the, the WFA and the, the different, um, sports teams, uh, women's football specifically, the, our Instagrams and our Facebooks are really how we reach out and get people involved and coming to games and joining our teams. So the marketing is a huge aspect of getting that word out. So that's cool that you're, you're engaged in that. Yeah. And
0: I will definitely have to thank Lois Cook. She's the one that kind of got me into the WFA because my daughter found her TikTok and that's kind of what started it too.
1: Yeah, those those are fantastic. It was so fun because I I joined the league um, about a year and a half ago, just before the shutdown, actually, um, last February. And I started seeing her posts a lot around that time. So I think that's when she really got into TikTok is around the the shutdown when all of our seasons were canceled. Um, and just seeing her in her football uniform, doing fun stuff and playing football and interacting with her kids and the community, like it's it's really an amazing thing to have that highlight women's football in such a way so she's amazing
0: oh yeah well you guys all are and I told her and I've told every other women's football player that I've interviewed you guys are trailblazers you're yeah you're marking the way for people like my daughter and my uh, best friend's daughter who are little and still don't understand but hopefully by you guys kind of paving the way, it makes it a little bit easier for future generations. So yeah, I thank you for that.
1: Happy to do it.
0: So a lot of these questions, the questions I sent you over come from people that listen to my podcast. And my biggest supporters for my podcast has been my immediate family and soon to be family members. My sister's getting married in August and her fiance has been really engaged in sending questions. So a lot of these questions aren't even ones that I came up with. They're from people that listen to it. So awesome. uh, I'm, I'm happy that they engage and are willing to listen. So really the first one, and I know this is the one my mom is always curious about, is who inspired you to pursue professional sports?
1: So I don't know if it was a specific person. I think I never planned on doing sports um, post high school Um, because I'm a musician. And so honestly, as soon as high school started, I got really, I had to really commit myself to music. Um, But I've always loved football. And growing up, my dad, he's really big into football. He'd watch all the games on Sundays and and follow his favorite teams and talk about football with me. And he's the one that taught me how to throw a football and a baseball and all that good stuff. And I joke that I'm his favorite son because I actually engage in all of of the sports and whatnot. Um, But so he really inspired me to get into football because um, a lot of our relationship is founded on our ability to communicate about sports and football specifically. Um, And so I think he was a reason why I always stuck with sports and why I kind of found that interest um, in football specifically and why I wanted to be able to have conversations about sports with um, people I'm close to. Because I think it's a great way to interact with others and to build connections and so just being able to pursue it now and um, and doing it on a, a really high professional level is kind of just icing on the cake. Like it's something I never expected to do. And just having the opportunity is is amazing. And I'm I'm thankful for that. Every time I step on a football field, it's just it's a huge it's just a dream come true. So definitely not a plan, but it's just an amazing thing that I'm able to do.
0: Yeah, life life tends to throw curveballs. I agree. Yeah. So you said You you said you were a musician. What instruments did you play?
1: Yes. So I'm a classically trained flute player. So I went to um, college. I started as a flute performance major, and then I transitioned into music education. And with music education, you have to learn all of the instruments. So tuba, trombone, clarinet, piano, guitar, ukulele, you name it. We have to learn all those instruments. So I got really good at learning new things, which has actually helped me play football, honestly, is just being willing to not be great at something right away and sticking with it and um, building that skill um, through time and dedication.
0: Yeah, you're speaking my mom's language. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Oh, that's how she started. So she started out at BYU-Idaho, but when it was Rick's College, so uh-huh. it was a while ago, yeah. and she started out as a music major. She plays the flute, and oh, she nice. kind of got all of us kids. I, I played the trombone and tuba, my Sweet. sister played the flute and piccolo and then I believe my brother played the French horn. So we kind of had a huge spread of instruments on top of playing sports. We got the music from our mom and then our dad's from Chile and he really ingrained soccer in us. Cause oh, okay. in South America, soccer's the biggest sport really. It's and like
1: religion down there. It's more than a sport.
0: It's true. So, and even to this day, we still love watching it, but we all kind of went our separate ways. I, I, stuck with football and basketball. My brother stuck with lacrosse and then my sister stuck with volleyball. So oh nice! all out of a love of soccer. So I kind of get it being willing to relate to your dad. And that's some of my most memorable memories is sitting down, watching soccer games, watching Chile play with my dad. So I understand that. I see you, you graduated from BYU. So did you go to any of the football games there?
1: Oh, I went to every single football game I had, um, my freshman and sophomore year, I had one of those rock passes. So I would go to all the home games. You'd line up early. You'd try to get a good spot. Um, so I got to go to every single home game and then I got lucky my junior year. I did marching band, um, which as a football fan, it does not get better than being in the marching band, especially as a flute piccolo player. You are in the second row right behind the end zone. So, Every single pass, I vividly remember a couple passes or a couple catches Mitch Matthew made in the end zone of like the Boise State game that was an upset, and it's just it's the best view in the house. So marching band, if you love football, try to get into the marching band because it was the best seats in the house, and I I loved it going to all those football games, and yeah, it was it was amazing. Love so BYU football.
0: You were there during like the Tanner Mangum.
1: Oh, yeah. Like
0: Tyson Hill era. Yep. So really great quarterbacks and a lot of memorable memories, that's for sure.
1: It, uh, man, I don't think there could be a better four years of BYU football. And I'm probably biased, but th- some of those games were just uncomparable. Just amazing. Like the BYU-Nebraska game, I mean, I wasn't there because it was in Nebraska. But watching, you know, my college dorm with all my friends, that that Hail Mary that Tana Miggum made in the last five seconds of the game, I mean it was just that's amazing stuff
0: yeah my brother wished he would have recorded me because I was watching the game we're all big <laughs> BYU fans too and I was screaming hollering oh, running yeah. around the we house freaked
1: and out oh and that was amazing it's the
0: only way to react and hopefully because BYU is actually playing the University of Arizona here in Las Vegas in oh, September okay. we're trying tickets are about 60 bucks but the game's at like nine o'clock at night and it's oh, like wow. I got a two-year-old, so it's like, I would love to take her to the game, but that's a little late.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. All
0: right. So, to continue on, um, you kind of said your dad was, really got you into football and all sports, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, what was your path of, I I guess, playing football to continue on? Because I know he got you started into sports, but how did you come about joining the Arizona outcast? Like what was, what drew you in?
1: So it's kind of a fun story. I was at a park playing football and one of our coaches, um, our our defensive coach, he actually saw me throwing a football um, and passing. And, um, and I I'm kind of used to people stopping and making comments about the way, you know, I throw a football because, you know, people see a girl and they don't assume that she can play football, but So he came up and he started talking to me and I was like, yeah, the general stuff, like, wow, you can really throw a football. That's impressive. But then he started talking about this team that he was coaching and he mentioned that they needed players and that if I was interested, it is a big commitment. They are semi-professional, but if I was interested, I should come out to a practice and just check it out. And so I agreed and I got the time of a practice and I just showed up on a random Wednesday and the rest is kind of history. I committed to the team and didn't get to play that first season because it was right before COVID. Um, but so this is my first rookie season playing games and just kind of stuck with the team and loved the, the, the team aspect and, and the team culture that they have with the Outcast. So it's a very easy commitment to make.
0: You guys are undefeated this season, too, correct?
1: We are. Yeah. Nice.
0: That's that's even better.
1: Yeah. I, it's, it's easy to play on a, on a winning team, right?
0: Yeah. It's hard to play on a losing team, but I, yeah. I think we've all been there. So yeah. uh, what position do you play? I, have, I forgot to ask you that.
1: So I'm a wide receiver. Um, I also play on special teams, and I'm our punter. I haven't had to punt all season, though, because we're never in a position to punt. Um, But I also play cornerback when I'm needed on defense, because something about women's football just in general is there's not we don't have a ton of people on the team um, because it's not a super common thing to find women to play football. So a lot of us have to play multiple positions on offense and defense. So I play wide receiver on offense and then on defense. I'm a cornerback.
0: Awesome! So you kind of you're on the field all the time. That's awesome.
1: Yes, ideally not the whole time, but there are some games where when we're low on people, or there's injuries, or people just need a breather because you know they've made some amazing plays. And yep, you have to jump in on both sides of the ball.
0: On your last game, I oh my goodness, just looking (laughs) at your score, it was (laughs) seventy-seven to like sixty-four. I was like, that's impressive.
1: And I will tell you, Brayden, the second half of the game, we probably had 15 people that weren't injured. Um, And so that second half, 90% of us were playing offense, defense, special teams the entire time. And just making it out of that game alive felt like a win. So it was very nice to be able to actually, you know, come away with a W and get Seventy-seven points on the board, like that's probably one of the the highest scoring WFA games we've had all season, if not ever. Seventy-seven to sixty-four, like that's that's a crazy score for football.
0: When I saw that score, I was like, Am I, "Is this basketball? That's right? more like a basketball score than a football score." So it's impressive. Uh, right, a lot there was of a offense, shootout.
1: It was amazing.
0: And those are the best kind of games where both teams are evenly matched, and it just takes one or two plays to identify the winner so
1: yeah and it felt like that it felt like a close game almost the entire time even though looking at the scoreboard third quarter we were up by 20 it still felt like a close game because at any moment you know they could have a great play we could make a simple mistake they could you know run it back on kickoff or a touchdown it felt like a close game because both teams were so just committed to the game and wanted to win (laughs) and Yeah. yeah it was I mean I will never forget that game
0: I bet that's, that sounds like one of the games that you just had to be there. So, yep. uh, and I, I played in some of those games. I played a lot of basketball more so okay. than football. Uh, my football career was kind of cut short due to injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of concussions and broke a hand my freshman year and kind of realized oh, that I love watching football, but I don't know if it's worth beating up my body because I was kind of like you I was all over the field I was a linebacker by choice and then sometimes I was on offensive line sometimes Mm -hmm. I was a tight end because I've always been a bigger guy so and as a freshman being 6'2 that kind of is an eye-opener so that average freshman is not 6'2 so
1: right you got a bit (laughs) of an advantage on on your classmates
0: yeah just a little bit and (laughs) I, I just I stuck with basketball and there were some basketball games that I agree. It's just you had to be there, and yeah. I actually played against uh, one of BYU's former defensive ends. His name was uh, Trayon Peely. He okay. was a, uh, yeah, he was the same age. He yeah, I remember my freshman year. I thought I had an open sack on his team's quarterback, and he was a fullback, and didn't even see him coming, and he laid me out. So
1: dang. <laughs> but,
0: it was kind of cool watching him play for BYU and be like, yeah, "Yeah, I played against him." So, eat my lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was looking up at the sky, like, "What just happened yep. to me? This is not." But I got my revenge in basketball. I blocked him a couple times, so. Oh, good. But
1: That's you know
0: how fun. it is. It's it's a lot of fun. So, I'm looking into your profile. You are also a school teacher. So the next question is: How do you juggle being a school teacher by day and like a pro football player by night.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. And like even just being on the team, even being on any team is commitment, but being on a team that's so competitive. Um, and we practice to win. And it's a huge time commitment. Um, and it's difficult. There were some weeks when we were practicing five days a week, two hours. So that's like, at least 10 hours on the field and you include like driving out to practice. There's some practices where I have to drive close to an hour to get there. And, um, and then travel time when we're traveling to different States to play other teams, Uh, that's, that's an entire weekend commitment. So it takes a lot of one dedication and two time management, just knowing that I need to have my day planned out ahead of time and I need to make time. Um, to go to practices, um, to add the commute, to, to rest and to train outside of practice too, because there's things that we do during practice, but then I also need to make sure I'm running regularly or I'm, you know, biking when I'm injured or I'm hitting um, the weights to make sure that I'm, it takes a lot of strength <laughs> to, to be, you know, a cornerback and a wide receiver to, to block people and to, to um, be consistent um, catching the ball. And so there's just a lot of extra stuff you don't even think about outside of practice. So it's just, you have to commit to it and you have to want it and you have to be willing to make certain sacrifices.
0: Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head, like just planning out your day. Cause I would imagine it's very difficult being a teacher yeah. on top of that. At, my wife is a daycare teacher. So I kind of get a lot of the commitment and, all the other stuff that goes with teaching kids. And it's, it's crazy, but I I commend you for being willing to do it. So with you moving to Utah, are you going to switch teams then come next season?
1: So I would, um, and some people do commute back to a team, but I would, I'm big on community. And so I want to play with a team that's in my community. And so I'm, there's not a WFA team up in the Utah area. So I'll probably switch leagues and I'm looking to possibly play with the Falcons up in Utah.
0: Yeah. And they're part of the WNFC, right?
1: Yes, correct. And they're ranked number two in their league right now. So that's, that's not a bad team to hop on over to if I can't play with my outcast.
0: Yeah. They, they I know they beat the tar out of the R. Las Vegas team a couple weeks ago so mm-hmm. and uh, just watching your guys's highlights it's it's impressive and for people I've I've you hear the stupid comments that people make that it's not as fun or entertaining you yep. haven't really watched it if you think it's not fun and entertaining right just... and that's
1: the biggest thing is they haven't seen it and either they're not willing to or they haven't had the opportunity to because I've heard similar comments it's like oh women's football like do you guys play against guys or are there guys involved? It's like, no, like we are just women who can play and we can play football and it's legitimate football. And it's really fun to watch if you get two good teams up against each other.
0: Yeah. And just looking at the comments that Lois deals with on her TikTok, it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's sad. And I've talked a little bit about Sarah Fuller when she kind yeah. of made tidal waves in college football. Just all the negative oh, yeah feedback and it's like why (laughs) just be happy like this is a historic moment like this is kind of cool and it at least it shows my daughter that if she's willing and wants to she can do whatever she wants
1: yeah exactly and And that sarah fuller story that kind of hit home because i'm from nashville tennessee and she played for vandy um and so a lot of my local friends were commenting on it and everyone had a, a stance on it they had to you know She's a side kind of. And a lot of those comments, um, they, they were surprising how negative people were about this. Um, and it's funny, like, if you know women's sports in general, it's like, she's a goalkeeper. Like, she probably gets hit harder. And like, than most football players probably do in a game, you know, like, those soccer players, especially at a collegiate level, like, those are tough girls, and they can take a hit without pads on. So if she's like, putting pads on getting on a football field she's gonna be just fine you know she can handle that because she's probably been through a lot worse and she's tough and she she was brave to get on that field when people didn't want her to be there but i i appreciate people like her you know doing it for the love of the game and for the love of sports in general
0: i have to say there's less protection for goalkeepers too
1: yeah (laughs) That's the
0: position I played in soccer, too, being always being a little bit taller and kind of having a little bit of a boot on my, I I played a little bit of kicker, too, in high school, so I kind of get it, and yeah, the hits that she took in soccer, I'd imagine are probably a lot worse than what she would have faced playing for Vandy, but I think it was a historic move, and we're slowly seeing this change of pace, and hopefully it'll it'll start to become better and there'll be less comments. I don't know if the comments will ever go away. That's just, unfortunately the nature of the mm-hmm. beast, but hopefully one day we can be saying like, oh, that's awesome. Like yep. instead of all the negative feedback.
1: Yep. So- and the best thing we can do as women in sports is to see those comments and, you know, take them as they are, but then get out on the field anyway and play anyways. Like, no matter what people are saying, show them that we can play these sports no matter what they think, you know? And that's exactly what Sarah did.
0: Actions speak louder than words. And a lot of the times, that's the best way to shut up a hater is just going out there and kicking butt. So the the million dollar question um, is how can we get more coverage of women's football and women's sports altogether? What do you think are some keys that need to be Change or done just to get a bigger spread of it through the U S
1: that's a great question. And I I've, I've thought about this and I talked about this question with some of my teammates this weekend, as we were traveling to Texas and um, a lot of what they were saying is just letting women have opportunities to be a part of the conversation. Um, because if women are interested in women's sports, you know, that's, that's half the population right there. Right. And so Um, We need to be able to, one, admit that we're interested in sports as much as guys are, because a lot of these conversations we're kind of hesitant to have um, because we haven't been always included. And so we don't always know all the stats and we don't have necessarily the history that some of these guys do in sports. And so um, as women just admitting, yeah, I love sports too. And I want to talk about it and joining these conversations, whether or not, we know, you know, 100% of the stats and the players and just talking about it because we love it. Um, and I think once people see that women are excited about sports and want to follow sports and want to be involved and include in that conversation, I think we're going to see more of women's sports being promoted and publicized and, and be a bigger deal and having more opportunities for women to participate in sports, but also be spectators in sports that involve women. So I think that's, that's part of the solution.
0: I agree. I, I think, it and it also comes down to just being willing to support like word of mouth too. Yeah, um, It takes people willing to get out of their comfort zone. And it's not so much, I, I guess there are some women that are still probably, no, this is not cool. Like I'm not for this, but it's a lot more of the guys, like the guys just need to grow up and, Hi, baby. you want to say hi? (laughs) Okay. You can come say hi. Say hi.
1: Hi. Hello. How are you?
0: Can you say I'm good? (laughs) Did your show end? Give me just a second to go get her show restarted. Yeah, you're good. But I, I think it's just being willing to have those conversations and being willing to step out of the norm and we're slowly seeing it, but it's, it, it'll be a few years still, but yeah. I know I'm trying to get as many people as I can to games. And I don't know if the Sin City Trojans has limits on how many fans are allowed, but <laughs> I, I know some teams do have that limitation. So
1: Yeah. But, and just with the conversations, um, a lot of, I think growing up and being a girl, you hear guys talking about sports and they don't even think to include the woman in the room. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. don't, they just assume that, oh, you're a girl. You're probably not interested in what we're talking about. It's like, of course, I want to talk about the NCAA playoffs. You know, it's like, of course, I want to talk about the the NFL draft, you know, and you can't assume that I don't want to just because I'm a girl. And so I think uh, like guys, they need to be aware that, um, there are girls that want to have these conversations and to just include and offer um, that inclusion. And maybe they don't, and that's fine, but um, oftentimes maybe they do, or maybe they want to listen or maybe they want to get involved in sports and they haven't had the opportunity yet.
0: Well, I'll tell you some of the most knowledgeable people in sports that I know are women. So,
1: yeah. and
0: I'm all for, I don't like, unless someone's trying to actively learn, which there are people that do that, there's some people that just think they know what they're talking about and yep. they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and those are the kind yep. of people I don't like talking to, but if they're taking an interest, I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. And I can teach you as much as I can. And my mom was really good with that. She would even come and play pickup football with us in the backyard for a little bit.
1: Nice. And, I love that. Oh,
0: and I'm trying to show my daughter cause my wife could care less about sports. She's more <laughs> into like the music and theater and, I'm like, yeah, let's let her choose what she wants to do, but I'm trying to show her how awesome sports are and she'll watch BYU games with me and we're big Seahawks fans too, so she'll watch Seahawks games. And I'm kind of excited to take her to see, hopefully, maybe you guys this Saturday and next Saturday seeing women play football. Like She's seen the guys do it, but I think it'd be cool for her to see women do it too because anyone's capable of doing it. It's just a matter of being willing to accept the facts that this isn't like the sixties, this is the 21st century. We, we need to get past these stupid stereotypes.
1: Yeah, so. exactly.
0: Yeah. So I'm excited and I, hopefully we can make it to your game this weekend. And if we, we do, I'll let you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I'll let you know when the, the field is finalized. Cause there's still, we haven't heard yet. But I'll let you know what what time it is and where the field is, and that'd be awesome to have you guys come out and and see us in action and hopefully see a really good game.
0: Yeah, We're, we I mean I I could go to any game honestly. I that's the kind of person I am. It doesn't matter what level it is. I I love watching sports and that's I live breathe sports and my wife also jokes that ESPN is my second wife because I get more (laughs) notifications from ESPN than I do text from her. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Like that's, that's what you kind of married into. This is the life I want and I want to be able to provide for my family. And this is one way that I think I can. So, uh, before we go, is there anyone you would like to shout out?
1: Um, just the, the Arizona Outcast. like this team is phenomenal. I think we definitely have some superstars on our team, but they are so amazingly humble and they recognize that it's a, a team effort and every single game, like I, I specifically think of Jazzy J and I know, I think she follows you on Instagram um, and she's our running back. One of our running backs, we have multiple, but every time she makes a touchdowns and there are a lot, she always thanks the line or she thinks the blocker that allowed her to run past whoever was trying to get her. And that's the first thing she does. She doesn't do a touchdown dance. She doesn't freak out. She just like, thank you, offensive line, or thank you for making that block. I couldn't have done it without you. And it's just, it's attitudes like that in athletes that make winners that make champions, you know? And I think as a team, we've all adopted that attitude where it's, it's a team effort and we're winning because we're a team because all of us are doing our job and trying our best. So I guess just shout out to my amazing team and they really feel like a family and, I've just loved being a part of the Arizona outcast.
0: And I wish you guys best of luck. Um, if you make it to the playoffs, I know there's three divisions. Is mm-hmm. there a champion champion team from each division or is it just like one champion overall?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there's going to be a D1, D2 and D3 national champion. So we are going to um, at this point, we've won as many games as we need to make the playoffs. And so we will be at least at the first round. Um unless anything crazy happens. That's the plan right now. Um, And then we'll kind of play teams in our um, division in our part of the country. And then we'll have one more playoff game. And then Nationals is in July in Ohio. And there's a division playoff game for Nationals um, for every division.
0: Oh, nice. And then, so I wish you guys the best of luck. And you guys are having a killer season. And I that Jazzy, didn't she just win player of the week like two weeks ago?
1: Yep, yes. she got WFA Player of the Week, and honestly, she should be Player of the Week almost every week. Um, there was a game where she got over four hundred rushing yards in one game, which is amazing. Um, and so she she is killing it, and it's so fun to to play with her and to you know make blocks for her and just to see these amazing things that she's able to do. But yeah, she was Player of the Week over the whole. WFA. So not just D one, D two, D three, like the entire WFA, and she definitely deserves it.
0: That's impressive. I, I yeah. believe I sent her a congratulation text because that's difficult to do having over two hundred rushing yards. Like
1: right, even in the
0: NFL, you don't see players doing that all the time. It's rare. So that's that's a feat that she has under her belt that is impressive.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And no matter if we win or lose, like you can't take that away from her. You know, you can't take that hard work and that accomplishment and it's it's amazing that she's getting that recognition because honestly, that's just icing on the cake for her. Like she just loves to play. She loves the teamwork. She loves the family. She just loves to play football. So it's great that she's getting that recognition. But honestly, that's not what it's about for her. But it's, it's really cool that she's getting that acknowledgement because honestly, that helps promote our team. And that helps us, you know, put a fire under us to keep wanting to do better as a team and as individuals.
0: That's, that's all that you can do. Thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to kind of talk with me and let me know a little bit about yourself and your team.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much, Braden, for giving us a voice in women's football and for promoting the WFA and all of us female footballers out there. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And I will let, I'll shoot you a message when this is up and ready to go, but it should be in within the next hour or so. So the only thing I need from you, if you're okay with it, if you wanna shoot me a quick picture of you and your pads and uniform that I can put with the Instagram post, that'd be great.
1: Sounds good. I'll find a good one.
0: All right. Thank you.
1: Have All a great right, no rest problem. of your day. Thanks Bye. for having you too. Bye.